Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 102 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. It's delivered by DoorDash with the promo code BJNPODDD. Gets first-time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. And this month, we're also brought to you by the All You Can Eat Rib Fest at Montana's. Find a location near you by visiting their website, All You Can Eat Ribs, Coomzy. That's a good way. It's Thursday. That's a good way to lead yourself into a weekend, maybe like a nice Friday thing. Yeah, that's a lot of food. I'm uh, not hungry currently, but maybe if I get hungry later, then I'll go to Montana's and eat a tremendous amount of wings. I went. Wings, not wings, fucking ribs. Ribs. It's All You Can Eat Ribs, Coomzy. I (laughs) I went went like 10 days ago with a little Oilers Nation thing. I had two and a half racks of ribs all on my own. How'd you feel after that? Terrible. I didn't eat the rest of the day. Um, like it's just so full. They're so good though. You can't stop. So it yourself. is really good value. Like you're, you it's can, great value you and it's great food. Up. When does the restaurant open? I don't know. 9am. You can no. show up at a 9am and order yourself like four racks of ribs and be full for the next 48 hours. Well, I was going to say like I had mine at two o'clock and I didn't eat the rest of the day. That was lunch. That was dinner. That was the whole thing. So you're right. Tremendous value. Shout out to our friends at Montana's hashtag get Montana's messy. Uh, speaking of getting messy. The Jays shit themselves against the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I don't know. That was a terrible transition, but that was not a good little two game stretch there for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I will fully admit on the last episode, I underestimated the Baltimore Orioles. That's on me. Mm -hmm. I I was messaging you and I said, be worried about the Baltimore Orioles. They're going to make the playoffs. And you responded and said, well, that's just going to be an easy sweep for the Jays in the wildcard series. Mm -hmm. And then the next day when they were losing the second game, I replied again and I said, I think the Orioles might beat the Blue Jays in a playoff series. I'm a little worried about this team. Uh, I also did the beginning of the year too. I said this when me, you and BK were doing our beginning of season podcast. I said, it's not necessarily a good thing to have all these games against Baltimore at the end of the season, because they're going to call up all their guys and they're going to have some momentum. And everyone laughed at me. I said, Coombs, you don't know anything. I don't think you guys actually laughed at me. I think you said that's a valid opinion, but here we are. And the Jays are struggling against the Orioles. I didn't think we'd be in a position. Imagine going back to April and telling yourself, come mid-August, you're going to be happy that there is a a rain out so that the Jays don't get swept by the fucking Orioles. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, part of me, I mean, obviously hopes that game would have been played as a chance to maybe salvage something out of that series, but the Jays didn't clear, clearly didn't have it at Camden Yards. They lose game one of that series, seven to four. They drop game four and it looked like they were getting going in the right direction, six to five as well. Just kind of ugly all around. Uh, so let's get into the three up, three down for this thing delivered by our friends at DoorDash, starting with the down. And I'll start with Yusei Kikuchi, who in the series opener goes five innings, allows six hits and gives up five earned runs. The Jays were down three nothing after the first inning because Kikuchi gave up a dinger. And then really the problem for him was just giving up home runs, one to Urias, one to Santander, one to Mountcastle, all off Kikuchi. Uh, it's a problem. They seem like they want to keep running with Kikuchi and giving him more starts. Uh, John Schneider saying, at least earlier in the week, that it, he was planning on using Kikuchi against Cleveland. The rainout's probably going to mess with that. But the Jays clearly intend on using him again in this season. They're going to give him more runway to figure it out. Is that a mistake? Uh, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know if there's much more you can do. I mean, at this point you have, you know, you have your big three, as we've talked about all, all year, it's Alec mm -hmm. Manoa, it's Kevin Gosman, it's Jose Barrios. And then the guy after that, who's stepped up in place of Hyunjin Ryu is Ross Stripling. And he's on the injured list though. He is potentially on his way back right away because he's doing a rehab start. So maybe he's back soon. And then beyond Kikuchi, you have Mitch white who, yeah. you know, he's a, he can pitch four or five innings. That's fine. But it's, you know, there isn't really a guarantee that he's going to be that good. And then who is it after that? Because, um, you know, uh, Castillo was traded in the Whit Merrifield deal. Mm -hmm. So he's not around anymore. That's not an option. And then after that, you're going, what, Casey Lawrence, Thomas Hatch, like the last time that happened, it was a mess. So <laughs> at the very least, we've seen Kikuchi since his phantom injured list stint have some OK starts. At least because I mean, honestly, at this point, like you just need the guy really to log innings. And that's what he did in this game. Like that was it was a horrible start. Like he didn't yeah. really give the team a chance to win. It sucked the air out of the balloon immediately. That's not how you want to start a series. But at the very least, he came out and did five innings. It wasn't a two inning. You say Kikuchi start where your bullpen's fucked for the whole series. And after that, you just use Trent Thornton, Trevor Richards. And it's kind of like, well, here's your two shittiest relievers, whatever. At least they didn't have to burn through, you know like an Adam Simber or somebody like that just to get through the game. Right. I mean, it's not ideal, but I think unfortunately you have to just kind of keep rolling with it because there really isn't much more. I, I really, this is such a lame loser take and I acknowledge that, but you have to grind your way to October, make the playoffs and then you'll never see Kikuchi again. In my opinion, you're really, I, I even think in a seven game series, you can piece together things without him. Oh, never again. I thought you meant like he has two more years left than his. Deal. Yeah. Sorry. Like this season, yeah, you yeah. won't see Kikuji because in a wild card series, obviously you're not seeing him in a best of three In a best of seven. You're likely going Manoa, Gosman, Barrios, stripling Manoa, Gosman, Barrios, right? Right. Like it, you just got to, I don't know, gut through these starts because the value Kikuchi's bringing you right now is not in his results. It's in the fact that at least you have a five man rotation, right? Yeah. And when Stripling's back, I don't know. I, I believe to an extent in Mitch White's ability to outpitch Kikuchi it's over the five righties though, right? But again, like you're just, just grind to the playoffs. Like I know it's a little doom and gloom right now, but at the end of the day, the Jays still have, you know, by the games back in the standings, they're the third best team in the AL. Like if at the beginning of the season, someone had told you, hey, August 11th, they're going to have the third best record in the AL. You yeah. probably would have been like, yeah, that's that's that about, about right. right yeah. Maybe a little disappointed like we all are, but it's not like they're having a terrible season. It just hasn't lived up to the massive amounts of hype that we expected it to. And they can still live up to that hype with a successful postseason. 
these next two months, like, yeah, you need to stay in that top wildcard spot. You need to make sure Seattle and Baltimore stay behind you. That's all important. But this team is going to be judged on what they do in the postseason. And when it comes to that, Kikuchi's not going to have a big role. So that's why I don't view his spot on this team as like a massive reason to go, well, they're going to go nowhere in the playoffs with Kikuchi because they're not going to have Kikuchi in the playoffs. He might not even be on the playoff roster come October. No, it doesn't matter that much. It's not the end of the world. It's not ideal. It's like, yeah. you know, the 2016 team, they were so their, their starting rotation was so good, but there was still somewhat of a weak point. R.A. Dickey put up quite a few bad starts and then, you know, he's not pitching in the playoffs. So who gives a shit? Like with Kikuchi, it is what it is. We really just need him to log innings at this point. You just you just can't have the Kikuchi two inning starts that ruin yeah. your bullpen for the whole series. Uh, quite honestly, as shitty as Good it was point. and as awful as it was to watch that first game in the Baltimore series, I will take five innings and five earned runs from Kikuchi from for every single start from the rest of the year. Sure. Because it won't just exhaust it saves, your yeah, bullpen. It saves the bullpen. That's sure. I'll, I'll, that, that's how low the expectations are. I'll take that. The second down is a more concerning part of the starting rotation, and that's Alec Manoa, who gives up eight hits over five innings before the rain comes in in Baltimore. Um, he gives up three earned runs. He only, I'll say, strikes out five batters through five innings. Um, he, he doesn't look like the Alec Manoa we saw for the first two months of the season. No, he looks a little burnt out and that's, 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 that's valid because he's now pitched 137 innings. And, you know, as we know, he rocketed up through the minor leagues so fast, like in 2019, he pitched seven innings and then 2020, it's just the alternate training site because of COVID there was no minor leagues. And then in 2021, it was 18 innings in the minors and then 111 and two thirds in the majors. He's already surpassed his career high at any level in innings by a wide margin. And then, you know, he's a big guy He's pitching in a hundred degree muggy shitty weather in Baltimore and he just looks burnt out. So that's kind of the other shitty thing. And when you consider Kikuchi is you can't really at this point, just fire him into a cannon into space because we might be in a position now where maybe it's ideal for Alec Manoa to pitch on an extra day's rest or have a, you know, have a start skip. Like I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee. Like it wasn't a horrific start against Baltimore by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, maybe, maybe it'd be helpful for him to just take, take one week off. And you mentioned, you know, giving him an extra day's rest that rain out yesterday against Baltimore is maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise in that fact, in that sense, because now instead of going white Gosman, Kikuchi, and then back to Manoa next Monday, you get to push Barrios to Friday. And then you're pushing Gosman just another day. He's going to have a full week off between starts. And maybe that helps him just regain some of the energy. They have another day off coming up on August 22nd in between the series against the Yankees and the Red Sox too. And then they also have a couple of days off early in September on the first and the eighth as well. When's the doubleheader coming up against Baltimore? What's the plan for that? September 5th is going to be a doubleheader at Camden Yards. Mm. So... I, I there's some chances to maybe build in some rest and be strategic. Maybe. And this probably hinges on the results of the team as well. But if Stripling is healthy soon-ish, end of the month, whatever it ends up being. Could be back next week, hopefully. Could be. Maybe you just run a six-man rotation. And that, with those games off, gives Manoa, and to an extent Gosman, I think, a, a few more chances to just kind of take a breather, have situations where it's seven days off between starts. And maybe you can build up some sort of stamina for him. Maybe that's not the right word, but build something up towards the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, we went through this exact thing pretty much with Aaron Sanchez in 2016. They had a pretty hard innings limit on him. And as a result, when they were in competitive time, 
they were moving him around to make, you know, different starts on different amounts of rest. So he didn't surpass his innings limit. And if that's the case with Manoa and he can only go once a week, then yeah. that's the way it is because you want Manoa when he's pitching to be at his best because his starts are so critical to the team. They're, they're the starts you look at him and Gosman. You're like, yep. these are the starts you're going to win. And you're hoping Barrios can figure it out Yo. as well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> We've been so up and down with that guy. It's so hard to expect uh, to, to know what to expect in any given start. Uh, let's move on to our third down here, Coomzy. And it's uh, a Blue Jay killer you've identified. Yeah. So in 31 career games, 133 plate appearances, Ryan Mountcastle has a 1.143 OPS against the Jays. He's basically Babe Ruth when he plays the Jays. Yeah, he puts on, I don't know, he puts on a Barry Bonds costume when he plays the Jays. Quite <laughs> honestly, I know um, a lot of people have bitched about the trade deadline the Blue Jays had. And I think the big miss here is not going out and acquiring Ryan Mountcastle. Who cares what the price is? Who cares how good he is for you? Just the fact he wouldn't be on Baltimore for these like 15 games they play against them in August and September would make these easy wins because yeah. he's the one guy who just kicks the shit out of them. Yeah, uh, the bad news as well there is Ryan Mountcastle is 25 years old, so he will likely be around the AL East for quite some time, either as an Oriole or he'll get like a $300 million contract from the Red Sox. Yeah, and he'll just keep murdering the Jays. That sounds entirely possible. Or the Jays follow my suggestion, Ross Atkins, probably were listening to this right now, and they're like, you know what, Coomzy, that's a good idea. I'm going to go trade Gabe Moreno to acquire Ryan Mountcastle and turns into a pumpkin for the Blue Jays, which, which could also possibly happen. Maybe he's Chris Davis 2.0. Chris Davis had a had a pretty good run. He just he just fell off a cliff. Fell off, but he did. He Very him and Trumbo at the same time were just Blue Jays murderers. I went back for no reason in particular and rewatched like the twenty minute version, the Jays and thirty kind of version of the wild card game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Mark Trumbo goes yard. And then the announcer's like, the major league leader in home runs. And I'm like, right? how did that guy lead the majors in dingers one year? That it's, doesn't even make sense. Seeing the Orioles right now just sitting there with their 58 and 53 record, now third in the American League East. They're, they're, they're tied with Tampa Bay now with the exact same record. Seeing this just takes me back to those like weird 2014, 15, 16 O's teams that were pretty good. And it's like, ah, I don't want this. I don't yeah. want the Orioles to be good. I preferred the Orioles when they they won 50 games in a season. I don't like that they're getting better. It sucks. I mean, next season, like the Orioles have a loaded farm system. Maybe the Red Sox stay bad for a couple of years, but I, I would doubt that considering their tendency to spend. The Rays are always going to be good. The Jays obviously moving in the right direction. The Yankees look like a juggernaut. It's just kind of like, holy shit. Yeah, we need to realign these divisions. There's no need for the American League Central to have a playoff team. Like, I, I, th- well, I, I think it's kind of a abolish divisions then. Yeah, sure. Have- I get, travel would be a bitch because then like, you know, if it creates an extra trip to L.A., Oakland, whatever, then, yeah, that's annoying. But there's no reason why Major League Baseball can't look at this. And it's not like this is an anomaly. It's not like no, just this, this year. year, like, oh, the AL East is sick. It's like, no, every year it's sick. And every year the Central is junk. So change it. Fix this. It's the Central in both leagues, too, man. Like the National League Central sucks, too. Like, look at the you, you got to feel for like the Colorado Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, look at the Padres, man. Look at all they do. And they're still like. 16 games back of the Dodgers. Like you got to change these divisions up. This is such a random rant. St. St. Louis leads the NL central with 61 wins in terms of wins. They would be fourth in the NL East and third in the NL West. Baltimore will be winning the American league central right now. Like it's, 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 it's absurd. Just, you know, just do something else. Not this. 
Or move the Jays to the American League Central for fuck's sakes. They're a good geographical rival with Detroit and they should be in the same division. Who would you swap over? Chicago? No, not Chicago. (sighs) That's a good question. Um, Wouldn't be Cleveland either. Nah, I don't know. That's weird. Kansas City, because they're all in the central time zone, right? Yeah, that's kind of the challenge. I guess, honestly, quite, quite, quite honestly, it would be Detroit. Well, I'm sure Detroit would be thrilled. <laughs> you put Detroit Can you imagine that sell job to Tiger's ownership being like, hey, guys, we really want Toronto in the central. It makes sense, even though they're really close to you. Well, maybe they'll have the same logic that Paul Beeston did once in a time and how we got into this mess in the first place, which is that you want opposing Yankees and Red Sox fans a million different times during your season. Because apparently that's the thing that we all want is fucking Red Sox and Yankees fans coming to Toronto and making noise. Yeah, not more playoff appearances. Good gravy. That's going to do it for the down portion. Uh, do we, what are the ups? Bo Bichette? Bo, That's an Bo, up. Yeah, Bo, Bo's been hitting well since the, since the all-star break. So this isn't a completely random arbitrary thing. Since the all-star yeah. break, it's been 17 games, 70 plate appearances, batting average is up to 299, his OPS is up to 852. Like this is the Bo Bichette you'd like to see. Hits two home runs in that game. Um, if not for the rain delay, maybe they continue with the momentum and win the game. We're like, oh yeah, Bo is the hero. That was huge. Unfortunately, it got overshadowed yeah. by a bullpen meltdown in which Rugnetted door of all people hits a bomb and pimps his bat. But yeah, at least Bo's heating up, which is positive because the Jays are only going to go so far as Bo and Vlad take them. That's what their offense is built around. And yeah. if those two are hot, the team will be hot. Mm-hmm. In his last seven games, he has 31 at bats, 10 hits, three home runs, eight RBIs, batting 323. Like he's starting to move in the right direction, which would be huge for this team because they have a lot of guys who aren't hitting up to their potential. Um, even though, I mean, they they did find a way to score nine runs in two games against the Baltimore Orioles. But Bo's two dingers, that's huge. Him figuring it out would be massive for this team. So that goes without saying. Can I can I add another down? <laughs> we're, sure. we're in the up section, but. To be totally honest, this, the Odor thing, so. this unf- yeah, the Rugnador thing was probably the fourth down. If we want to add a fifth down, it'd be why is it that every team seems to be able to find some weird, random waiver wire guy who throws 101, who becomes a very good reliever like this Felix Bautista it was 102. Yeah. Like we're, what? We're, they, they, the, the, the Orioles got this guy. He was released by the Florida Marlins in 2015. Well, the other thing is, so has he always thrown 102 and did every scout just miss it? Or did he like, I, I'm so confused because we were talking before the pod, like his minor league numbers aren't good. No, his, his numbers. I can see why Miami released him because <laughs> in 2014, he walked 14.6 batters per nine innings. Uh, and then he signed with the <laughs> Orioles and yeah, asked, but he can't yeah. And in 2016, his first season in the O's system, granted, this is only a handful of innings. He pitches six and two thirds innings, walks six guys. And then it slowly starts to go down. They taught him how to throw strikes. But even then, like you look at his numbers in 2019, 21 in the minors and it's 5.6 and 5.8 walks per nine innings. Now, all of a sudden this is down to 2.8 walks in the big leagues. I don't know what the fuck happened, but other teams seem to be able to find these weird fireballers yeah. and the Jays don't. It's kind of surprising. I mean, Romano maybe fits that description yeah. right like as a rule five guy that they could have lost got back all that stuff that went on with him that'd be the one that would be really the one yeah it's it it, it is kind of the confounding thing about the shapiro atkins era is that what cleveland did so well and what we saw in 2016 when they beat the jays in the playoffs is that phenomenal pitching and it just andrew miller and company yeah and it just and, and all the starters too the ones they drafted and developed or traded for whatever yeah. and the, the pitching was so fantastic and i mean the blue jays pitching is not bad by any stretch of the imagination but it's just 
not necessarily as good as we thought it was. But like, how do the Orioles get the best bullpen in baseball going? Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. sense. It is really weird. But, but bullpens are so fucking random. Like, look back at the 2013 Blue Jays when everything was bad and they acquire all these guys and you're like, oh, yeah, Jose Reyes, Josh Johnson. And it turns out the best thing about that team was their bullpen based around like Steve Delabar and Aaron Loop. It's, an it's, 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 it's so random. Like, what, what do you even say? Yeah. Right. Cecil and company. Was it was it three all stars from that bullpen or was it just Delabar? Cecil was too, I think. Yeah, Cecil was an all star one year. I don't know if they were both in the same season or not, but weird. either way, yeah, super weird. Um, the Jays bullpen needs to figure it out quickly here. Um, with Miza out, they have no lefties. They're going with the all righty approach to this thing. Um, so I don't know. Is I, Kikuchi the only lefty on the current roster? Yeah, yeah. That's a. It's not what you like to see. <laughs> No, um, I, I want to double check that because, you know, we could have the Otani being a lefty. Yeah, we, 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 we mess up our lefts and rights a lot. Uh, yeah, he's the only lefty because Taylor Sacedo has been on the injured list forever. Anthony K is not on the team. So I'm just trying to think who else it would be. If they needed a lefty in a pinch, Rymel Tapia throws left. Yeah, just throw him in there. I know that's fine. (laughs) Would you rather have, who would you rather have make a key bullpen appearance? Kikuchi or Rymel Tapia? Sometimes you see it though, right? Like Jackie Bradley Jr. They were talking with him before his debut about the chance he got to pitch earlier this season. And he like, I think he struck someone out throwing like 58. It's like, you know, sometimes it's just, they, they don't see it coming. Yeah. You never know. I think we've, we've seen some Jays, uh, Russell Martin for the Dodgers that one year must've yeah. been what 2019 when they traded him away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a few solid relief appearances for them. He was striking yeah. guys out. Um, Sure. What do you make of the, uh, well, you can just make this the second up because there's nothing else good to talk about. Jackie Bradley Jr. comes in. Do you view this as, wow, the George Springer injury is bad? Or do you view this as they saw a guy who they just like more than Bradley Zimmer? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a combination of a few things. George Springer, you just never really know. It seems like there's always a nagging injury. So maybe they'd like to keep him out a little bit longer to heal. I think they probably feel pretty confident they're going to be in a playoff spot. So they're like, let's, you know, give George Springer some time off. I think it also, they've had their eyes on Jackie Bradley Jr. for quite some time. It was that off season. He, he signed the two year deal with Milwaukee. There was talk about signing him. There was talk this off season about trading for him after his terrible season in Milwaukee, Boston, of course, reacquired him in exchange for Hunter Renfro. That was a really weird trade that did not work out for the Red Sox at all. But yeah, I guess what you have here now is a situation where you can bring bat Bradley Zimmer into the game to defend and then take him out if he has to hit and pinch it someone else and then bring in Jackie Bradley Jr. to defend. So Bradley Zimmer will probably never make another at bat for the Blue Jays again, but he might stay on the roster for the entire season, which is kind of hilarious. But sure, whatever. If if, if, if if neither of these two guys are hitting, it doesn't really matter. They're both good defensively. They can make a really good defensive outfield here with Zimmer and Bradley Jr. Yeah, you could if you really need to lock it down or whatever. Like that's something that could be impactful late in meaningful games. Um, it feels like a bit of just a grabbing a name kind of thing, yeah. right? Um, kind of like, you know, everyone is losing their minds. Oh, they didn't get Cindergard. They didn't get Cindergard. And then you go get like Mitch White, who's like just as good, but not a name. And people are still pissed off. This feels like to appease the we want a name crowd kind or, of thing, you know? Yeah, it's just it's just so funny because it's something like when was the last time you saw a guy come into the game as a defensive replacement and then get pinch hit for later? Like that's, that's and, and not next yeah. innings either. Like it's not like they pinch hit Zimmer in the 13th inning for somebody. It was like two innings in center field. <laughs> what? Yeah. What a, what a, what a confounding role Zimmer has on this team. I've never seen this before. Guy's making his money though, you know, sure. I respect it. 
better than riding the bus in AAA. Um, for him, at least for us, I would rather have him riding the bus in AAA. <laughs> That's going to do it for three up, three down. I have nothing else positive from the series. No, there was, like, there it's was over. I don't know. There was nothing good about that sucked. Mm. That was, that was awful. Here's the positive. Um, because that third game got rained out, they moved their rotation up a day and I fly tomorrow morning to Toronto to watch the three games against Cleveland this weekend. So I don't have to watch you say Kikuchi live. The, uh, up is you tomorrow morning at 3am to catch your flight. That is what time I have to be awake at the airport by four in Toronto by noon Eastern, seven o'clock first pitch. Right. Let's go. I remember excited. don't, don't check a bag. I will not well, bring carry on. I'm bringing the podcast gear. I'm, you gotta, gonna, I'm gonna try fit it all in my carry on. I'll, I'll you're gonna you fit it. all of it in your own carry on, or you're gonna split it up with everybody else. I think I might be able to fit it all in my carry on because yeah. I don't need to pack that much. I'm only there for like three and a half days. Yeah, that's true. You can probably just wear the same outfit every day. That's kind maybe of you can buy yourself something new and a little treat from the Jays shop. I do plan on buying myself a new Jays hat. I was gonna buy a jersey, but I already have. I'm a big jersey guy. You know yeah, that. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, I have a white bichette. Mm-hmm. There's no white. A white Vladdy and the baby blue bichette. I don't even know. Like, is there another, like I want a Manoa Jersey, but like, I don't know. Do I just get like a standard blue Manoa? I've become a big, uh, jersey guy. Yeah, you are a big, I'm a big jersey guy. guy. I feel like they're just slightly more wearable in just daily social settings. Just it's, 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 you know, I don't, I don't love wearing a Jersey around. Sometimes it's just, you know, they fit weird. So I become a jersey guy. I got the 2022 all-star Manoa Jersey, which I thought was cool. Actually, I would that, really recommend that it looks good. It's like the uh, gray and gold. the gray. Yeah. The I gray might, and the gold I might, text. Uh, follow you on that. Actually, that doesn't seem like a bad idea, but if you want a Jersey, I think the all-star jerseys, uh, these, this, this year's all-star jerseys were gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. They looked really good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently. I asked mint mobile's legal team. If big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation, they said, yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, let's do our look ahead here. Brought to you by our friends at PointsBet Canada. Jay's taking on the Cleveland Guardians, the AL Central leading Cleveland Guardians with 58 wins on the season, (laughs) seven and three in their last 10. They are currently on a four game winning streak and just taking a quick peek at the scores from today. They are 
up three nothing bottom of the fifth against Detroit. So they seem poised to make it five wins in a row as they come into the dome. Uh, this is a team that, you know, you can't take easily, even though we all like laughing at the Cleveland Guardians. Um, the other thing I've noticed about them is they seem to do very well this season or they're doing, I shouldn't say they are doing very well this season against right handed pitching. They're a top 10 team in terms of team OPS against righties. Um, so that's something that is, you know, <laughs> mildly concerning considering the Jays only lefty is Kikuchi and they aren't going to see him in this series in all likelihood. Yeah. Cleveland's a pretty decent team. I mean, I know we just got kind of finished shitting on the AL central being like this whole division's a complete joke, but you know, Cleveland's got a decent lineup. They have Jose Ramirez in the middle. He's a fantastic hitter, obviously. And then they have a good starting rotation, maybe kind of a top heavy starting rotation, kind of Toronto ish in that way where there's two and a half, three Really good guys. Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill are all quite good. Zach Plazak's numbers aren't very good this year, but he has been good in the past. 4.49 ERA, 2-10 and 10 record. And then, of course, their closer is really good, too. So, I mean, Cleveland's a fine team, but you would still like to take two of three here, especially because yes. you're back home and you just had a bad time against the Orioles. Like, these are supposed to be... Uh, like they're, they're not teams to take lightly, like, oh, they're rollover easy teams, but they're they're not as good as the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays should be yeah. beating teams like this. They should consistently be taking two out of three at home from a team like Cleveland. Yeah, 100 percent. If they get swept, I will throw up off the WestJet flight deck. Yeah, that's fair. Might happen anyways, considering the amount of beers I plan on drinking. But how many beers are you going to drink? They're expensive. You they know? are expensive. But that's why you just, um, I don't know, just just go to an LCBO and then uh, sit near the water on one of those Muskoka chairs and throw back like two beers and then go in. It's probably a smart play. That's what I would usually do. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know the if I Eastern should be saying that. The Eastern thing always messes but... with me at these games too, right? Because I'm used to the game starting right yeah. at five. So like wait until seven. I'm probably going to be half in the bag by the time first pitch rolls around. Yeah, it gives you tons of time. Like you can, yep. I should give you some uh, recommendations of places to go. Yeah. Um, anyone can hit me up. We got a good group coming up with uh, Oilers Nation. We have a couple of like pregame parties in air quotes. Like we're going to be bringing the crew to the Steam Whistle Brewery for one, the pint for one. But uh, if there's any good places I should hit up for a pregame meal or maybe a postgame drink and snack. If you want to go somewhere really cheap to get a bunch of drinks in you before the game, go to Wide Open. It's on Spadina. It's about a 10 minute, 10, 15 minute walk from the stadium. It's, cool. it's a it's a drinks only place. OK, no. Food. And it's cheap as fuck. And you can get absolutely lit that year. Like before, before the last Jays game I went to, I went to wide open and I got two double rum and Cokes, I think for myself for $12. That's pretty $14, good. Something like that. Toronto prices. That's good. Yeah. For Toronto prices, that's fantastic. Cause you can easily yeah. pay like nine fifty for oh, a can doubles. of Molson Canadian. Yeah. yeah they were double oh, rum and Cokes yeah, for good. six bucks each. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wide open. That's the only cheap place in Toronto. The other cheap place is a Vietnamese place. It's also a grocery store called the UFO restaurant, which I really recommend. It's fucking amazing. Good food. Yeah. What do you get? Uh, they have like Western style breakfast and also Vietnamese food. So I would usually get like an eggs, Benny, and then also a pho, which is insane, but really good. That's because you are the big man. I'm the big man. Yeah. All uh, right. Hoping the Jays take two or three from the Cleveland Guardians here. It is Barrios, White, and Gosman getting the start. Seven o'clock first pitch on Friday. That's when this thing gets going. And then it's uh, three o'clock on Saturday, one o'clock on a Sunday. A couple of little matinees to wrap this thing up. Here's to hoping that when we chat again on, I'm assuming Monday, although I fly back Monday. What time um, do you fly on Monday? I think I think our flight leaves at one o'clock Eastern. Okay, so you'll be back here on noon. Yeah. That's not bad. We can probably we can probably record that day. Are they off that day? Let's find out. 
They're going to Yankee Stadium right away after that, aren't they? Yeah, they are. are, uh, they to, are no, they no, they're in Baltimore? Baltimore. They're in Baltimore Monday. They're they host, in Baltimore? No, they host Baltimore. They're hosting Baltimore. Okay. So, yeah, we, we, we'll figure it out. We'll time. figure something out. Anyways, Coombsy, uh, you enjoy the series. I'm going to enjoy my first trip to the Dome this season. Sounds good. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 